Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me, as always, is Alan. Back in the co-pilot seat, yes. And Fred, and, and yes, I, I was out last week, and uh, Alan took over the, the hosting duties, he and Fred, and, and they did a great job. Appreciate uh, them doing that. But I'm back this week, and we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. And first of all, just to kind of get to the good news of things, the, the Braves offense broke out in a big way on Wednesday, uh, scoring 29 runs. Uh, which is the most run scored by a National League team in MLB history, and I believe was tied for the second most with the Rangers having the top spot at 30 runs, so they fell just short of that. Uh, Adam Duvall had his second three-homer game, which actually ended up being the first player in Braves franchise history uh, to have multiple three-home run games, and he did it in an eight-day span uh, and finished the game with nine RBIs. So, uh, or in a career Right, yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, at first Braves ever, yeah, in their franchise to to do it, um, and he did it in eight days, so just really an incredible game, and this is after they got shut out by the Marlins the night before, so, um, you know, just a a really, really fun game. Uh, Alan, what were kind of some of your, your takeaways or thoughts from that game? Oh, the, just, this thing was a treasure trove of just crazy stats and, and record breakers and stuff like that. Uh, the number of pitches thrown by the Marlins was approaching an all-time record high. The number of pitches by both teams was approaching a record high. If it, if it didn't actually hit it, I, I wasn't sure about whether we got there or not, but it was over 400. That one call that was replayed review at third base had gone the other way. Then it still would have been about nineteen to eight, perhaps. Uh, just a nutty game for all kinds of reasons. I, I, I just keep going back to the thought that uh, remember at the first couple of weeks of this season, everybody was talking about the pitching being way ahead of the hitting. Well, I think they've caught up now. Uh, now, granted, a lot of the pitching that we've been seeing is inferior in a lot of ways, but in another point of view, the pitching that we saw last night coming from the Marlins should have been better. And in fact, uh, the, the Marlins themselves, I think, were expecting it to be better, and it just didn't happen. That you know, The poor guy didn't have it, and then the, the backup guy didn't have it, and then it was off to the races. So, I mean, we could literally spend hours. I, I, I suggested earlier uh, today that uh, Jason Stark probably has a, at least a couple of full columns, and, and Fred suggested he had a full book of things he could talk about uh, as far as nutty things that happened in that game. So it, it's one for the books. It's it's something we may never see again in our lifetimes, and it was really, really weird. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Fred, maybe my favorite stat from the whole thing actually came from the pitching side because Bryce Wilson got the save in the game, which had to be the most stress-free save that that he'll ever uh, record. Yeah, it was uh, it was really an odd odd game. I mean, uh, Tommy Malone had the mysterious elbow injury this morning, which will put him on the IL uh, possibly for the rest of the season, and. Uh, uh, it was just after Grant Dayton came in and settled the ship, the Braves were pretty good, but the Nationals just couldn't seem to couldn't seem to get their get the the ball into the glove or keep it out of the middle of the plate. And uh, I I tweeted to um, Wilborn up in Pittsburgh that the game was alternately hilarious and sad because because it, at times it looked like a slow pitch softball game, 
And at times, the runs were coming like a slow-pitch softball game, and then at other times, the ball would go into a, a, a glove and then wouldn't stay there. And it was just, you know they're a better team than that, and you know a 29-run baseball game in the major leagues is really something that should not happen. But it was, it oh boy, it was... I watched part of the Rangers game when it went when they won thirty to three, and you know we were four hours and four hours and forty minutes or something last night, uh, and it was just really, really, really long. Uh, but uh, it was certainly a different experience than uh, than anything else we'd seen, it's particularly after getting shut out the night before. <laughs> yeah, and that's what crazy. And obviously, uh, Fred was saying the Nationals. He meant the Marlins. We're, we're watching the Nationals game right now as uh, we record, but. Yeah, I mean, it was a scary, seeming like an easy game. I think the Braves were up 11-2, to two, then, then all of a sudden we're thinking we're going to blow it, and then next thing you know, they, the offense was like, okay, let's just put this way out of reach because we can't we can't trust our pitching right now, um, <laughs> which which kind of brings us to the, the bad news of the week, and that is uh, Tommy Malone going, to, no, I'm just kidding, um, that is uh, Max Freed going to the I.L., uh, the Braves lose another ace this season. Obviously, Mike Soroka uh, injured earlier in the year and is out for the season. Max Freed put on the IL. They're hoping that it won't, it's not anything serious and that he'll be back uh, soon after the 10 days are up. Um, but certainly not what you want to hear as a Braves fan. And, and you knew something was kind of coming after his last start. It really seemed like he was struggling out there and his fastball was sitting around 90 miles an hour, which is, you know, well below his, his normal average of 93 to 94. So not, not that surprising to see him be injured and, and go on the IL, but, uh, Fred certainly, certainly not what Braves fans wanted to hear this week. No, it sort of leaves us with, with the rookie starting pitcher and then a bunch of guys. You have to wonder after, let's call this what it was, after uh, Alex Anthopoulos failed at the deadline to do anything. He really failed. I don't know what he had. Uh, what about Malone? He loved so much, but as I wrote the other week, there's nothing there to love. And here we are with Ian Anderson is our ace right now. We have Hamels maybe coming back, probably coming back next week to do three innings at a time. We saw Malone go on the IL tonight. you you got to wonder, why aren't they just bringing up Tukey and Newcomb and Davidson and... Let them bitch. You know, you just, at some point, you got to understand what you've already said. And what you've already said is, hey, guys, this is the bunch. We're going to do it. We're going to give everybody a chance, so let them do it. Uh, and I wonder, as, as you've said a couple times, Vic, what Davidson did that's so bad, how far he, what is he throwing to second base instead of home plate that he's not up with these other guys? He was better than Anderson last year in AAA. He's also more mature. He's a left-hander. He's, he's been around a little bit. Uh, I just, uh, the pitching situation is just a complete, complete mystery. I don't, I don't have any idea uh, what to say about it other than, boy, is it a mess. Yeah, no, and I've been saying it for, I feel like, a month now. I would have just given all of these young guys a shot. I would much rather see them struggle through these starts than see Tommy Malone and Robbie Erlin and, and even Josh Tomlin, even though I know he had a great start and I love Tomlin, but... I love him more in that bullpen role as kind of a, a long guy um, in relief. But, you know, I, again, I, I just keep saying, I, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, saying it every day now, but what's it going to take just to give these young guys a shot? I mean, you have this short run in September to kind of see what they have. I mean, you're, you know, 
we'll talk about kind of the division race later, and it's getting close, but, I mean, it would still take an epic collapse for the Braves not to make the postseason. I feel like they're pretty safe in doing that. Why not give these young guys a shot and see what they can do? And, yeah, no, the, the Tucker Davidson thing just blows my mind. And I saw the quote from Antopoulos in an article David O'Brien wrote on The Athletic that said that, you know, Davidson's still behind Kyle Wright and, and Bryce Wilson, which just really scares me for what they really think of Davidson. And the fact that he hasn't gotten a chance yet in all of this just completely blows my mind. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's just this has been handled poorly from from everybody involved, in my opinion. And, Alan, I think we've all kind of touched on it. You know, I think Antopoulos completely failed at the deadline. It almost seemed like he picked up. Malone is just insurance, and then he he was dead set on getting Clevenger, and when that didn't work out, it's like there was nothing left for him to to go out there and get, and so he just folded. Uh, and that's the only thing I can think of um, that the, how it may have gone down. But the the rotation this year, yes, they they've had some some injuries, some opt outs that you know they didn't see coming, but just the way they they've handled it and continued to run out these you know these old old older guys that aren't fooling anybody and it just it baffles me and it frustrates me and i'm going to quit talking about it and let alan talk about it <laughs> well i like i'm going to say a lot better here uh, <laughs> first thought was tucker davidson if you're hearing this or if somehow some way somebody decides to uh, listen to this and and tell you what we're thinking about it keep the faith buddy uh we know you're good we know we we've seen you firsthand uh, we know you can do this stuff and by golly we hope that you can get to a major league bound soon because we think you've deserved it and earned it but uh, man yeah i i heard that that comment uh, from Anthopolis about uh, Tucker sort of falling behind the others is like, really? <laughs> Especially when Kyle Wright comes up and, and doesn't do anything very good again. Yeah. It's Snickers trying to put some lipstick on it by suggesting he saw an improvement. Well, I mean, we're still in a place where the Braves have a number one starter right now named Ian Anderson. And it was like, pulling teeth just to get him out of the minors or at the alternate training site, excuse me. I, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't understand. This is a, a team with a lot of analytics that uh, is at their disposal, and yet they couldn't figure out that Tommy Malone wasn't really the guy. Uh, yeah, I can understand picking him up as the just-in-case-you-don't-get-anybody-else kind of guy, but... Get somebody else, please. <laughs> all right. I mean, uh, of all, I, I mean, we have been covering these kinds of things. I mean, I've been doing this for about seven years now. The rest of these guys have been doing it uh, probably averaging at least seven years. We've seen what happens at deadlines. We've seen needs that teams, that the Braves have needed at, at trade deadlines. I can't remember any time where there's been a bigger, more glaring need for pitching than there was this year especially when you've got an offense that can do the kind of epic things that happened last night. You need to support that. You've got to support that. You've got to 
exercise the window. Alex Anthopoulos himself has said that you have to respect getting into the playoffs because it's hard to do, well, maybe not this year, but normally it's hard to get into the playoffs. And when you get there, you need to act like you're trying to win the whole thing. So you needed to go out and get some guys. You needed to go out and get at least one pitcher. If Cole Hamels turns out to be the other one, okay. But certainly, no, but we, we've talked about it. There was no way that he could know for sure that that was going to happen back at the end of August. And he's already lucking into that thing. But now Max Freed's gone down. So, I mean, if you end up in the playoffs with Freed, Anderson, and, and Hamels in some form or fashion, you've gotten darn lucky. And that that's not the way that uh, should be running the office. So I'm done. Rant over. <laughs> Yeah, no, and your last point there is kind of where I wanted to go next. So, um, you know, try to get away from the negative here a little bit. I also wrote an article earlier this week talking about, you know, how the Braves still have hope uh, for postseason success, and it's kind of along the lines of what you uh, just mentioned there, Alan. Um, the plan, you know, appears to be, or at least what they're hoping, is that Hamels will uh, make his debut, um, you know, around the 16th of September. Um so sometime next week, and they're hoping that Freed will come back around that time as well. Uh, obviously, when Hamels comes back, it's probably going to be short stints. He's probably going to go maybe two innings and, and try to build up. You know, he's only going to have maybe two or three starts before the postseason begins. So he's not going to have a lot of time to build up, you know, to where he can hopefully go five innings. But, you know, if that happens the way the Braves are hoping right now, then you could – you know, potentially enter postseason with with Breed, with Hamels, um, maybe Ian Anderson. I know his last start was a little shaky, but um, you know that's that's a rotation that you can you can live with, you can get by with in the postseason, especially when you consider that the Braves' offense uh, is finally fully healthy now with Ozzy back. Um, you saw what they were able to do with him in the lineup. Uh, his first game back was was the twenty nine run. Um, game and uh, you know they just you know from top to bottom is just a really um, dangerous lineup so um, you know if they can get some starting pitching you know if they can get Freed back healthy if they can get Hamels um, healthy and get him ramped up you know for the postseason and he's the Hamels that we've seen um, and at times in the past and with the Braves you know elite bullpen that they do have then you know, they have a, a shot to win. I think that they can go up with, with any team in there, except maybe the Dodgers, but, um, I didn't, you didn't hear me say that, but, uh, you know, I, I do think that, that they can, they can compete in the postseason with that, that lineup and that rotation. Um, you know, but Alan, you know, you, you just touched on it again. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts on the Braves, you know, six possible success in the postseason if, if it plans or goes that way? I'm still a little concerned about whether they're going to be able to hang on to the division lead and and stay ahead of the Phillies because Phillies do have a couple games in hand. A couple weeks ago, I suggested that I saw no scenario in which the Braves wouldn't win the division. Well, that's about the time that the Phillies went on a tear and about the time that uh, Max Free got hurt and about the time that all these other guys started starting and not finishing three innings and there've been some chinks in the armor there. So 
while the the Phils are still on a tear, the Braves clearly have enough offense to be able to handle it. But uh, I just it, it's going to end up being close. I think uh, we're forty three games in tonight as we do this on Thursday is the forty fourth game, so there's sixteen games to go. Phillies are winning, the Braves are winning, going to the bottom of the ninth, and we're going to just hang on for dear life. I think uh, there's some circles that suggest that all you have to do is get into the playoffs. You don't really have to win the division to be able to excel. Well, I would like to see them get past the first round, and I think it's going to be important to win it so they get a choice of who to play in that second round. So uh, you don't want to face the Padres. You don't want to face the Phillies. The other options may be more palatable at least, uh, and then uh, we'll see how things go after that. But uh, uh, it, it's going to be a little more interesting than I had hoped for coming down to the end of this month. And, of course, it's pitching that's going to drive that train. Yeah, and Fred, I mean, you know, obviously the Marlins may be the eighth seed, and they just took two out of three from us. But, you know, obviously that's with a, a you know, banged up pitching staff or hoping that it, we're at least going to have Reed and, and Hamels healthy. But what is your outlook for the Braves in the postseason uh, if they if they do get those two pitchers back and throwing well? Well, if they get those pitchers back and we can get somebody, maybe even Tomlin, to step in behind whoever that third starter is when Hamels pitches, maybe we get to Tomlin and get get to the big boys in the bullpen and they can pull through this. Uh, certainly, the thing about the postseason is it's not who's best, it's who's hottest. Uh, when you get into a tournament, which is what this is, uh, uh, when you get into a tournament, uh, it's who gets hot on the day. And we've seen uh, we've seen teams. Well, we saw the, the Tigers get whipped 19 to nothing yesterday and 12 to nothing today, but they could go out tomorrow and beat somebody 14 to nothing themselves. So this is one of these seasons, particularly when you've got you know pitchers from a ball and pitchers who should be on the retirement roster pitching for various teams around the league. Um, I, I'm worried in defense of Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright lost his lost his sink. He was, he, while he, the first inning and a half, that pitch was coming out of the same slot all the time, and the fastball was good, but somewhere along the line, he was he was out of time. His arm was behind was behind or ahead of where he was supposed to be, and he never got it back in sync, and that's what caused him to be all over the place. He was either rushing it, or it was he was ahead of it. Uh, but he was on the complete left side of the rubber, and when he was throwing the fastball at 94 or 95 on the on the paint, the first inning looked really good. How you pull that together, I don't know. But he's not a lost cause, and I don't think the other guys are either. It's just a question of, you know, figuring out how to do this. Get to the postseason. You have a chance to go into a game and run out three, a pitcher for three, a pitcher for two, uh, a pitcher for two, and then all of a sudden you're in the ninth inning and hopefully you're, you're close enough to win the game. And we all know that if we get to the ninth inning, eighth inning, and we're close, this lineup can win games. So, uh, you know, I'm, I do see the Phillies as a big threat um, because they're in Miami now whipping them and it, they could well continue to whip them. And all of a sudden, they could be ahead of us. And I really don't want that because then we'd end up playing the Padres, and I really don't want to start start that like that. But at the same time, all you got to do is get there. Everybody can have a bad day. Everybody can have a good day, and we can come out and do this thing. Yeah, and, and I actually see the Marlins just tied up the Phillies in the eighth inning, so maybe there's a, a little bit of hope there. Um, no but <laughs> Yeah. I like the Braves' uh, chances with, uh, you know, if Freed and Hamels are healthy. Um, I think that's still a big if 
at this point. Um, you're going to have both of them coming back, basically both of them coming off injury at the same time with two weeks to go trying to get into postseason form. That's that's a big ask at this point. But, you know, that lineup can hit with anybody. They seem to have their, their issues with runners and scoring position at times, but they, they can also get a bloop and a blast in the blink of an eye and, and get themselves back in a game. Uh, really, as we've seen tonight, they were down uh, 5 nothing and uh, come back and take the lead in this game. Um, Alan will probably let me know before it happens on my screen whether or not they finish it off. But eh, We're um, not done yet. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think the Braves got a shot for sure. And, uh, like I said, I think they're they're pretty much a lock for the postseason with the schedule that they have left, you know, despite how terrible the rotation uh, may look. Um, like we say, once you, you get in, then uh, you see what happens. I will throw this in real quick. Uh, looks like, uh, Doolittle, the Nationals probably pulled a quad during one of his, on his last pitch and he limped off the field, uh, with a little bit of assistance. So I don't think he's going to be back for the rest of this series, at least. That, well, that's unfortunate for him, but it does help the Braves. Yeah. Uh, we're at that point of the year now, too. If, if anybody gets an injury, they're probably done for the regular season, like I said, with, you know, a little over over two weeks left. Um, anybody that gets injured at this point is pretty much done. The last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was a, actually an article that, that Alan wrote this week talking about possible extensions uh, for Braves players. I think that's just a, a fun topic to kind of talk about, but uh, we were looking at, at war numbers before uh, we started recording, and you know, Dansby and uh, uh, Freddie are in the top 15 in war in just about every site that you look at, and I think both of those are, are prime uh, candidates to be extended. I think Freddie will obviously get an extension. It's just a matter of how long and how much you know he will he will take. But you know, I think Dansby's the big big one after the season that he's he's having. Uh, and really, he showed a lot of life at the beginning of, of last year as well, uh, before getting injured. So, you know, really, I think he's proven, you know, that he he could be here long term and as worthy of an extension as well. But, uh, Fred, what are your thoughts on extending those two? And is there anybody else you think the Braves will look to possibly extend this off season? Well, I don't think. I mean, I, obviously, I think uh, Swanson and uh, Freeman. I, I, they probably work hard on Freeman this off season, and they'll probably wait a year on Dansby to do that. But but I, both of them need to get extended uh, around that. We've already they already stole years of Albies and Acuna, uh, so that's pretty well locked them up. Riley has time. We have time with Riley on the uh, other side of it. There's really not any, anything to anything to lock up unless you want to consider go out and, and maybe grabbing Green or somebody for a couple more years for the bullpen. But I, I think that, you know, Freeman and Freeman and Dansby are the folks to lock up. And that's your core. I mean, you've got that's your core four to uh, get out there and, and, and hold the team together. And, you know, if you look around with Freeman and Ozzy and Dansby uh, and, and Riley in the infield, that's a really good infield. I mean, you know, um, I should have badmouthed Riley sooner so he'd have started hitting sooner. But <laughs> he, he now looks like the guy everybody said he was going to be. Uh, now, how long? I mean, no, small sample size. Small sample size. Uh, understand that. 
But um, how long he can, if he can keep this up, I have no problem with him doing there and, and hitting 260 and 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 35 a year, uh, and, and that would be pretty well lock up the infield. Um, you still have to uh, you have Pache at, at some point. They'll release him from from his prison at the Camp Granada and allow him to actually play, which I don't understand. But of course, I don't think we're supposed to understand anything this year. Um, but you're going to have Pache. You're going to have Acuna out there. They're going to have Duvall out there. The outfield's going to be going to be really tight. Waters is coming if he doesn't get traded, which I think he will. And uh, then you've got Contreras coming. You've got Ajax, and behind him you've got Langeliers that are coming up. So I think the for the first time in a while, this, the top of the everyday player list is pretty good. We don't have much depth, and. Uh, we don't have anybody. If if if, if Dansby goes down or Ozzy goes down for a long period of time, then we don't have anybody. We can just do like the Dodgers and bring up Graham Lux and stick him in there. We don't have that guy yet, and that's part of the problem. That's why the system fell to 15th place. Uh, and when when Wright graduated, and as soon as Anderson graduates or the next guy, it's going to drop another five or six places. Um, and, but we, you know, we lack depth. But on top, we're pretty good. And uh, I, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a shame we don't have the pitching to go along with them now. But I suspect they'll fix that next year. Yeah, and Alan, I know you wrote the article, but just any other thoughts on possible extensions for the Braves? Well, first off, we figured they were going to fix the pitching at the trade deadline too. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> uh, now the the other name that uh, is intriguing and certainly uh uh interesting to Braves fans right now would be Marcelo Zuna but I think he is in the position where he has put himself at the premier spot for outfielder free agents coming up this winter and he's going to make himself a lot of money and I don't think the Braves are going to be able to swim in that kind of water I would like to see if they could interest him in something to hang around, but I really don't expect that to happen as he's that close to free agency right now. So that's unfortunate because he has certainly uh, shown that when he's healthy, what he can do. And that's been impressive to, to watch. I got to admit, cause I, I wasn't sure what I was going to see if he was a, if we had a national league DH full time and we knew that was going to be the case, then I'd say, yeah, go after him for sure. But, uh, even for one more year, uh, having him to play the field, perhaps that's a little bit less, uh, of interest to me personally, but, uh, we'll, uh, see how that goes. Otherwise, suboptimal, you're saying. Uh, let's say that's suboptimal. Yeah, because you, clearly your best outfield combination would be uh, Duvall, uh, Acuna, and Pache. But yeah, we'll see what happens next February or so. Anyhow, beyond that, uh, I don't know that there's any other relievers that you're going to really go after. Yeah, I'd like to see if you could get a couple of guys signed for maybe a couple of years at a time, but uh, not long-term extensions. You don't do that with relievers, really. Minter, I'd like to see around a couple more years for sure, uh, but he's not uh, through his... Uh, I think he's still pre-arb at this point, in fact. So uh, the, the Braves have got him for a while. There's no need to consider even uh, thinking about an extension for him. 
other than that, I think we pretty much got everybody uh, situated as, as you expect. The question about Dansby is going to be this. If you don't go after him, if you don't try to extend him, and I, I think this is his third arbitration year coming up. Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, third and last I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah, I know if, he has if, two left, so. Yeah, he has two, two okay. arms left. Yeah, okay. I I would like to see if I could get him in early. I I may have uh, been mistaken in that uh, piece I wrote on it. Then I, I would try and get him early because it's just going to continue to get more expensive if he continues to hold on the, uh, and and do the kinds of things he's done this year. Because if not him, then who? Uh, you'd be counting on Braden Shoemake to perhaps. Uh, replace him, and he's already uh, getting a little older uh, as as since he was a college kid coming up, and you you just don't want to go anywhere else in the league to try and replace uh, what Dansby's been doing, unless you try to bring back Andrelton Simmons, and he's already 31 years old, and uh, Dansby's what you know 27, 28, entering his prime, so yeah. Uh, the the idea that uh, we need to get him under contract is probably as important as Freddie Freeman in my mind because you just don't have a lot of substitutes otherwise. Yeah, and they're not going to go obviously play in the Lindor market when he's a free agent after next year, I believe. But um, Fred, with Dansby having two more arbitration years left, you know I think this offseason could be a good time to extend them. But what do you think an extension looks like for Dansby in t- well, terms of some- years and dollars? I did something uh, the other day which which bought out his last two years and gave him four more and I'm trying to remember what I said. I think it I think it came out to something like 6 at 60 or 6 at 70 something like that because it's it basically just ramped up every year uh from where he was now it just sort of gave him his arb year arbit- arbitration raises plus a million or so a year and then Sort of jumped when it hit 13, 15, 17, something like that. I didn't write it. I don't have it written down in front of me, but I think it was like six years at 70, 76 or something like that off the top of my head. Um, he, he's not a, he's not a $18 million a year player as much as I love him. Uh, he, but, uh, he is important to the team. You want to watch on top of getting these players that are going to turn 30 and slow down and, and do things that, uh, you know, are going to be, a, be a burden to you. Um, look at Brandon Crawford out in San Francisco, for example. So, um, I, I, th- I think, you know, something like six, seven years, you take two years off and give him five after it, that takes him to, uh, that takes him to, uh, 33. And, uh, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he's greedy. In other words, I think he wants to stay in Atlanta and, and I think he would take that kind of deal and he may be backloaded to give him a signing bonus on top of it or something. Um, but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think he hits triple digits. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right on that, somewhere in the six-year, 70-plus million-dollar range. And it's kind of hard to believe Dansby's only 26. He'll play next year at 27. Um, it seems like he's been around a little longer than that. But um, I think that, that offer sounds about right, and I think I, I agree. I think it's something that Dansby would probably jump at the opportunity to stay in Atlanta, um, and I think it helps when you've already locked up guys like Acuna and, and Alves uh, to know he'll be playing with them. Um, Freddie is is 30, um, just turned 30, I believe, and um, is a free agent after next year. You know, I think Freddie could get a five- or six-year deal himself. Uh, I also don't 
see Freddie being a greedy guy, even though he's one of the best players in the league. Um, you know, but I, I hate to kind of guess exactly what his AAV might be. It's around 17 right now. I, I think he's obviously worth more than that, but you know, I could see him doing another five or six years or maybe around 20 a year, maybe a little more. Um, than that, he's making but, twenty. He's making twenty two right now, and has for last, this year and last year. Well, yeah, but his, 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 uh, his AAB is sixteen eight. That's because they they backloaded the contract. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking so on paragraphs. So I I would be guessing they'd be in the twenty four twenty five range for at least the first uh, four to five years of a new deal, perhaps. Yeah, if they did a, did a chipper kind of deal where they paid him a lot up front, you know, they said. So like 25, 25, 25, 18, 16, something like it, or 18, 18. And yep. Then you could drag him out. You could drag it out, and you could still give him a lot of money um, but and keep him with the team um, because, you know, I think that's what he wants, uh, and I think as long as it's a reasonable officer, offer, he'll take it. I haven't put a pencil to it yet, but, you know, something like that would be, you know, six years and a hundred and – 135, something like that. Um, uh, you know, that would be that would be reasonable. Maybe they may do a little higher than that, but I really don't think they want to do that higher than that. They'll try to come up with something else. But uh, yeah, they've got to keep him. There's no doubt uh, that they have to keep him uh, in doing that. Uh, the the bullpen could jump on one of the, the bullpen thing. We have Smith coming back next year um, and Martin coming back next year. Uh, we have money okay. coming off the books. We have money coming off the books. Uh, Webb's, Webb's out there. He looked really pretty good yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if you've got, if you figure, okay, Smith's my closure and Minter's behind him and Webb's there, all of a sudden you're sort of looking to fill in places that, you know, like I think Bryce Wilson, that's where he ends up. So that's, I've said that for two years now, but I still think that's where he ends up. Fastball slider pitcher. You know, go out and throw strikes and don't worry about that other stuff. But, you know, if you start looking at what we've got for the bullpen, you might want to go out and pick up a veteran. You might want to try to try to do that. But I, I, I'm, I think the bullpen's pretty good. I think we'll be fine with the bullpen. Um, it, you know, you're going to have Newcomb. He's got five year, four, or four arbit, three arbitration years left. So you're going to have, you're going to have Newcomb and you're going to have, you're going to have plenty of people for the bullpen. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that too much. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, I'd like uh, the DH thing. If it happens, I don't <laughs> think they're going to give Acuna or I mean uh, Azuna that Azuna. kind of money. Right. Well, the the uh, last thing that we had to talk about, really, kind of the biggest news, and I kind of buried the lead here, but uh, Charlie Culberson was uh, DFA'd by the Braves this past week and made his way back to the the alternate side. Was anybody kind of surprised by that? Nope. <laughs> no, he he was the guy who was going to be the odd one out at some point. And, uh, I mean, when you've got a position player whose best performance has been a one-pitch put out of a fire on the mound, then that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and we didn't get into that conversation, but Snickers' bullpen management over the weekend um, in Philadelphia was uh, again, just another part of the thing from the season for the Braves that just baffles me. But I feel like he really gave away two games in that series. But we won't go down that uh, that rabbit hole. Um, and also, Camargo got got sent back to the the training site as well, which I wouldn't say that was much a surprise with how bad that he struggled. But 
Um, I think it just speaks to how bad he's been. And I, I don't know, Alan, what are your, what are your thoughts on Camargo at this point? I mean, what do you, what do you see of him? You think he's, he's traded this off season or is, if there's any value even there for him at this point? I mean, he had the one good year and it just seems like since then, you know, he really hasn't done much of anything. If you could find somebody willing to do a mutual change of scenery kind of a trade, then you might get something that you could turn into something for for him. And in fact, he could turn into something good for uh, whoever he ends up with if he ends up playing a little better for them. But right now, he looks lost and doesn't look like whatever they're telling him is taking. I hate to see it because I. I, I really liked him. I thought he was going to break out after a couple, after what he did a couple of years ago. But I mean, right now he's, he's, his last batting average is 200. Uh, he ran into some fastballs that he managed to hit over the wall, but that's been it. His OPS is 611. That just isn't going to do it. And he needed to go back to the alternate site and needs to find some way to get, get back to his, to his proper form, but right now it it just isn't there, and I don't know how that happens. But uh, there's a real chance that we've seen the last of him in Atlanta, which is unfortunate. But yeah, he he just isn't the guy that they thought he was going to be as a super sub. While he can play all these multiple positions, I think the best thing is to have a team where they can put him at a position, say this is yours own it and leave him alone and let him let him go play but uh, right now that is it uh in the cards for the Atlanta Braves and and he's been surpassed uh definitively by Austin Riley so this pretty much uh, sealed his fate uh that uh, he was going to get sit down at some point yeah Fred do you think we ever see Camargo back with any big role with the Braves uh, I have been doing I've been working on your metrics piece for them and you know, one of the interesting things I found out is that the the difference between 2017 and 2018 was that he increased his launch angle by about three degrees on average. So, in like in 2017, he was hitting it at nine degrees, which is basically line drives. And he was hitting them at about 88 miles an hour, which sends them 230, 240 feet into the outfield. And those go in for extra base hits. In 2018... He raised it to about 12, 12 degrees, and those same balls, the same ones he was getting doubles with, turned into home runs, um, but he stopped hitting as many doubles. In other words, in I, I wrote this down, but in 2017, he uh, the pace for, if he'd used 2017's pace in 2018, he would have 48 extra base hits, except 40 of them would have been doubles and 8 of them would have been home runs. Uh, the way it turned around was he raised the launch angle and he had 19 home runs and 27 doubles, which is 46 extra base hits. And his, all of his numbers except on base percentage went down in his standard line. And the only reason OBP and, and OPS went up, uh, was because he walked 10% of the time. He doubled his walk rate. So 2018, the, he, he hit the balls at the right place at the right time. His BABIP went down. Uh, his bacon went down. He, his batting average on contact dropped, even though he was hitting home runs and things like that. Now I know home runs are worth more than singles, and I know they're worth more than doubles. And you know, no need anybody tell me that. However, what it does tell you is that um, his pro, he changed his launch angle to 
to get more power, and then he found out he wasn't hitting the ball hard enough on average, and he tried to increase that. This is a guess. And that's why he came into camp heavier the next year, but that didn't work. And his launch angle dropped um, in 2019, and it dropped again this year. Uh, and if I was going to tell him something, I'd say, hey, go look at your film from 2017. See what you did there? That's how you got to the big leagues. Do that. Because you, he's not hit. He, you know, he does. His home runs are 100 miles an hour, 102, 103, 99, 98. But everything else, he averages 88 miles an hour. He averages 88 miles an hour, and 153 of his balls in play of 380 and uh, were were at 89 miles an hour and less. That's too many. And he just, you know, I I, I don't know whether it's the swing mechanics or it's the the, the arc in his swing, but. In 2018 and 2019, they were sure they could get him out on fastballs, and guess what? They could, unless they made a mistake and left it over the plate. He really doesn't have a pitch. He's breaking balls and and off-speed pitches. Boy, his kryptonite, uh, you throw him a a nice breaking ball, and he'll he'll, he'll pilfer and miss it 23% of the time, and a a good fastball, he'll miss 30% of the time. So where are you going to throw him? I mean, that you can't get him out. That's the problem. This is the guy who came up with excellent strike zone recognition, line drives uh, line to line, and he's not that guy anymore. And, um, you know, you ought to dance with the girl that brung you. You're a line drive hitter. Launch angle isn't for everybody. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, as a matter of fact, tried launch angle and said, you know, this launch angle stuff so much, and went back to his old way hitting, and guess what? His production went up. So everybody's not into a launch angle, and, and I think that's where – Camargo's at. I just don't know whether you can get him to believe it. Well, hopefully Camargo is a uh, listener of this podcast, and uh, he will uh, take your <laughs> advice to uh, to heart. But yeah, yeah unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Camargo's in, in the plans, in future plans for the no, Braves. I wouldn't I be surprised if. Uh, yeah, he's he's most likely going to be shipped off in some sort of deal. He has uh, value though because he's controllable, and he had that good year. And people say I can fix that. Right. Yeah. That will do it for this edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast or get your podcast. And make sure you check out TomahawkTake.com for daily article content uh, as the Braves get ready for playoff run here. That'll do it. Have a good night. This high-scoring edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media, Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone, all rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 4.0 this was a piece by kevin mcleod entitled onion capers his works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io all other selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawktake.com thanks for putting up with us today and may all of your bunt attempts be successful see you next inning
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.